Michael J. <laughs> Rhyming there. So it's just me sitting around chatting today. I I work with my yoga studio owners, and quite often I get them to face their fears. And a lot of those have to do with showing up on Instagram <laughs> or showing themselves publicly. And one of my things is I love my podcast so much because I have these amazing guests, rocking studio owners, industry experts that I'm just genuinely interested in conversation. But very rarely, I think I've done one episode where I do, I just sit and chat. And I think one of the things is I follow some other industry folks and and also in different areas and I watch them and listen to them on their podcast and just think, oh, they're just gas bags and full of themselves. And so I never want to be like that. <laughs> so I think that's why I've avoided it. But anyway, so here I am just chatting and I just honestly want to just come on here and have a conversation with studio owners or potential wannabe studio owners just to, of what I'm seeing right now out there. And I have such an incredible mix of clients right now and a backlog of clients. But in particular right now, I have a mix of clients that are my dream clients in every sense of the way. It's just like I look forward to seeing every single one of them. My days are amazing because I get to spend (laughs) such quality time speaking with such amazing human beings. And the mix right now is 50% new studios opening. And then the other 50% are a mix of 20 years been around to the first year, just coming into their first year, and then some in between. So I'm just going to talk about the commonalities, really, and the differences that I see in. The studio owner that is feeling frazzled, that is feeling like they're on reaction mode all the time. They're having to deal with little nitty gritty details of the business, like in the back end of their system and and just having to sub a lot, teach a lot. There's just so many different ways that a studio owner can be frazzled. And especially coming out of COVID and many of these businesses rebuilding again. But I also want to talk about the differences from the studio owner that is calm, in control, and not reactive, forward thinking. It's a different, you can just hear the tone of my voice change, right? Because I'm just thinking about my, my, I have studios that are in that place. One of them I'll throw out there. It's my rock star studio, Lisa from Tucson Yoga Pod. She's been on my podcast twice. I work with three people in her business, which is a privilege, honestly, from a coaching perspective to be able to come into a business from three perspectives. But I'll use, because she's been public on my podcast, I'll use her as she just came back from six weeks in France and nobody bothered her once. 
maybe once, I think. But everybody handled it. Everybody knows their lane. And so there's a difference when I'm with a new a studio that I'm just starting to work with that is in that reaction mode. It's, oh, damn, I've got to sub tonight. Oh, damn, I've got to fix this in my body. Oh, I've got to get to the website. I've got to... The meetings are different when we're trying to get all that stuff sorted than when we're in a calm, controlled. There's a kind of a joyousness to that calm, controlled meeting because there's no reaction. It's just, okay, we've already got systems in place. We've already got everything dialed in and rocking. But now how can we up-level that experience or up-level the sales or up-level the bums on mats? So it's a very different place. So I'm just going to, let's just talk about a, a few things. Teachers, whether we are the teachers, you are only as good as your teachers. So if you are starting a brand new studio, or if you are purchasing a studio, or if you have been around for a while and have forgotten this stuff, your studio is only as good as your teachers. So that means having a really good onboarding process and a good gut instinct. Honestly, my best hires were the gut feeling. They truly were. I'll be honest with that, even though I coach all of my studio owners to go through a, a, an official onboarding process. At a gut level, I always knew if they were going to be a fit and represent my studio's mission, vision, values. And so having that onboarding process where you can sit down with that potential hire and say, these are my expectations. This is what we represent. This is the little nitty-gritty details. We want you there 15 minutes before. But it's really about that person showing up the way you want them to consistently representing the studio, right? And so what I do see is particularly studio owners that have purchased a business or may have lost that control of being the team lead. Right. So I hear we just had a conversation with one of my studios about a particular class, not really representing how the studio wanted them to represent it as far as making the modifications, making the connections with the with other human beings in the room. And if you have all those things going off that are not quite right as far as being the best teacher at the best class at the best time slot, if you have anything not right there, I got to throw it back to you because it's all about you. <laughs> it's not about that teacher necessarily. So, you know, as if you're a studio owner, you need to help them be the best teacher that they can be. So you need to onboard them in the way that you want them to show up for the studio. But then if they're not quite showing up the way you want them to be, as in not greeting people when they come in, not learning people's names or something like that, it's actually a reflection of you and your training of your expectation and then and not really holding them to that. Especially if you're starting a new brand new studio, this is the best time to get all this dialed in. But I'm not opposed to an existing studio, and I've done this many times successfully, going into 
a studio and saying, okay, we need to re-onboard. Post-COVID, we've been through a shit show and there's studios where some of the divas run the owners and the owners are scared approaching the divas because they're the ones that get the numbers in and all of that stuff. That's just not being in control of the situation. We really need to either onboard or re-onboard into the new ways. So come in approaching of, hey, this is like reset button. This is whatever studio name 2.0, 2.0, 3.0, but we need to press the reset button so that everybody gets on board with the studio's mission, vision, values, and goals. So then as the lead, if that person is not showing up then and the responsibility is on you, then it's your job to figure out why and help empower maybe that teacher to represent you better. Really, if it's a teaching skill, then help them be a better, have better skills. If they can't remember their lives, lefts and rights, one of my things was to put an L and the R at, on each side of the door so the teacher could say, see that when they were learning mirror teaching. What tools can you do to help them be better? Can you go show them an example of how to meet and greet and how to motivate students to come back? There's lots of opportunities there where you can really empower your team to step up and be better. But then there is the time where you're going to have to sometimes, for the betterment of the studio, Sometimes you have to make hard decisions that may not be the right teacher for that class at that time slot. And sometimes we have to throw things at the wind to see if they work as far as the class getting that magic formula of right teacher, right time, right level. Really getting them in right, training them right, and then helping them be better and then making difficult decisions. The other conversations that have come up is about get how do we get bums back on mats in areas of the world in particular Canada I say a little bit in Australia I'm seeing this where not so much in the states the states is fully fledged back back into to things rocking on in the yoga world but there's some areas that are going slow in getting people back and a lot of people really stuck on just virtual and Zoom and the hybrid classes. So I wanted to have a little bit of a chat about this because some conversations have led to the discussions about that the hybrid or the Zoom classes may be holding students back from coming back from the in-person experience. I had an interesting, I taught a Zoom class. So I'm a Zoom, all in Zoom, online only teaching now. After 20 something years of teaching, I'm just doing the Zoom now because it works in my life. I get to keep my connections. But I had the opportunity last night. It happened to be not a big class. And these were very loyal, loyal students. So we kept the the microphone unmuted for the because it was just a few of us so we kept it unmuted and had a conversation 
So I was like, what's it going to take? You guys are all on Zoom here. What is it going to take for you to go back to the in-person experience? And overwhelming, they said they wanted to have that community feel again, that they missed that, that community feel. So that was something for them. But what they also missed was, I know this isn't for every single studio that doesn't always follow adjustments and touch, but they this particular studio also really missed the personal adjustments and the personal touch and the teacher walking around the room, noticing them and talking to them and helping them adjusting props and they also talked about how in the hybrid experience quite often that's a distraction because the teacher sometimes and from a teaching experience too it takes a skill to teach to a hybrid to on zoom audience and to a in-person audience so we've been recommending that the attention has to go back to the in-person experience. The people in the studio now should be the people that are getting the personal attention. And that might be at the sacrifice of the teacher leaving the mat and the person on Zoom not always seeing everything. But I've got a solution for that in a moment. Kind of the conversation is, are some of the classes holding, hybrid classes holding people going back to the in-person experience? Or can we still keep the hybrid experience, but this in-person experience gets the personal attention, gets the touch, gets the special attention, gets called out by name. And then the hybrid experience comes a little bit secondary and then the hybrid person, the person on Zoom, gets to also see what they're missing out on a little bit. So just food for thought on that. I think it's something I was known during COVID as the virtual guy. I spoke at the Bold Conference on it. And so for me to be saying, should we be cutting some of the classes off a little bit? It might be worth having the conversation and look at now. The second part of this is, okay, so if the hybrid experience was to become a little bit secondary, so it's not so personalized, how would changing the placement of the camera now, where the camera used to be in a lot of studios, close up, almost taking a student's spot, sometimes in front of the mat and view, or off to the side. So quite often that has been on a cart or something like that, taking a space. Conversation I had today with a studio owner was how about we change the view of the virtual experience now so that it is behind the class and up a bit. So for this particular studio, it would be above the entry door. So all we're doing is getting a super long damn cable for the camera and changing where the camera is. Not the equipment, just the camera. And you're still plugged in through the microphone or Bluetooth or whatever you're using in studio. So the hybrid Zoom person still get good sound. But we've changed the position so that then the person joining in the class is almost having the student's view 
looking forward from the back of the class forward. Yeah, you might get a few bums in view there, or but then it becomes that they're almost a little bit part of the class. All right. So just something to consider now is we need to start building confidence for people to get back to the in-studio class experience. And speaking of confidence, another conversation I had this week with a studio owner was this person has purchased a studio, an existing studio that used to have a really thriving community, still has a good community, but again, a little bit slow getting back to the in-person experience. The conversation was just put a plea out, like a super heartfelt not saying we're struggling because we're not struggling, but just saying, hey, we've been here this many years. We want to continue to be here, but we need your help. We need you to get back to the studio. And just a really just, I think, I think that people just need that little bit of a nudge now. Still paying for their memberships, maybe not really coming back to the in-person. So I think just saying, hey, you guys are back at the grocery store without masks. You guys are back at regular life. Time to get back into your routines of looking after you and taking great self-care. All right, for feeling like you are calm and in control. So whether you are opening a brand new studio, (laughs) you can set these systems up right away, or whether you are resetting the button on an existing studio, it's the systems that give calm and ease to run in your studio and joy so that you can enjoy. You've heard me say this probably Tons of times on this podcast, but what's your superpower? Double, triple down on your superpower and hire out, uh, barter, trade, whatever you've got to do to get help on the areas that you are shitty at. Anyway, just really putting the systems in place. So we already talked a little bit about having an onboarding. Anybody that works with me, I have a template for an onboarding document having your mission, vision, values, knowing what your northern star is on the business. And if you're starting out as a new studio, documenting the processes as you're learning them. So that could be how to log into your software, how to book a class in the software. Like just really documenting all those processes, how to turn the heat on, how to sweep in between classes, how to fold the how to fold the towels, having that all those processes documented. And then for a studio owner, having processes and systems that help you with balance in your life, whether it's your onboarding documents we've already talked about and your other training things, having them in all one place, like a G Drive, Google Drive, or a place that's easy to find so that you're not on scraps of paper. And then one of the big ones is time blocking your day and your week. So I've been a time blocker for years. My calendar has multiple calendar, multiple colors in my calendar for everything. I've got healthcare under orange, all my clients go under purple, my time off goes under gray, 
yes, I booked time off and my my working on the business time. So I book my week. I actually book my day balance. So for example, my Wednesday, I teach late on, on Wednesday nights, but I also start early for my East Coast clients. So I'm starting sometimes seven in, seven in the morning for my East Coast clients. And then I'm going all, all day. My Australia clients are usually two in the afternoon. But I, on Wednesdays, the days that I teach at night, I cap it at two o'clock. I cut it off then. And then at two o'clock, I get outside. I go for a walk. I go get my food for dinner. I just do some self-care stuff, roller skating, whatever during that time so that I can feel a little bit recharged so that when I come back to teaching on Zoom, or refresh. Now, <clears throat> I kind of encourage anybody to look at each day that way, kind of time blocking. And the studio owners putting time in there to work on your business, work on your strategies, work on your marketing, work on all the things that your great business coach has told you to do, instead of feeling frazzled when you're forward thinking calm, collected, organized, that's when the magic happens. When everybody's trained, everybody knows their place. It just brings ease and order into the business so that you're not on reaction mode and you're not in that place of, and some of you may be familiar with this, shit, I've got to pay the rent next month. Let's do a sale. Let's do a fight. Let's do a quick punch past sale because, right? Then you get just in this reactionary mode where all your clients get used to you just waiting until you have a sale. That's not going to build your business. That's not going to build your community. So systems, please listen to the backlog of all the great conversations of this, this podcast. I'm just yakking today, just based on a lot of conversations. I've been having this week and just seeing the difference between calm collected and frazzled reactionary just know if you are on that spectrum of reactionary there is help out there a good yoga coach will help you and if if you're not sure about that any of us coaches out there offer a free consultation just to see if we're a fit to help you start your business reset your business, grow your business to the next level. Just know there's help out there. And I know I, when I work with my clients, I try not to be an expense. I try to be an asset that makes them money and not make mistakes or help avoid making mistakes and just fast tracking to where you want to get to and overcoming the areas where you need a little bit of help. You can head over to my website, which is yogabizcamp.com. You can have a poke through there. There's a whole bunch of free resources on there. There's a link to answering a few quick questions on my consulting page and to a free chat with me to see if there's any way that I can possibly help you. In the meantime, you are going to get lots of free resources on this podcast. And on my Instagram page, I do the stories at Yoga Biz Champ. So thank you to listening to just me rambling today. And I hope you get a little bit of something about this, about feeling a little bit of calm, 
for your business. If you are getting any value out of this podcast, I really ask you to help me out. And that's a simple thing as making sure you're subscribed, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Just make sure you're subscribed to me so you'll get the latest episodes. And if you're really enjoying it, please take a moment to rate and review. If you are looking to work with a business coach, thinking about opening a yoga studio, please go to my website, yogabizcamp.com. Feel free to book a no-obligation free strategy session with me. Again, that's yogabizcamp.com. And follow me on Instagram at yogabizchamp. See you next episode.